Misfits Audio Productions presents Restored Old Time Radio. We claim no rights to it. This is released free for entertainment purposes only to restore interest in the golden days of radio. Thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for intro music. Remember to visit MisfitsAudio.com. Kellogg's Pep, the build-up wheat cereal, invites you to rocket into the future with Tom Corbett, Space Cadet. Stand by to raise ship, blast off, minus five, four, three, two, one, zero! Roaring rockets blast off to distant planets and far-flung stars. We take you to the age of the conquest of space with Tom Corbett, Space Cadet. Solar Guard headquarters in Equator City is one of the newest and most imposing buildings in that thriving metropolis. In an office on the 95th floor of the tower, Cadet Tom Corbett presses a button which opens a sliding door to admit a visitor. A tall, good-looking stranger enters the room and, smiling, extends his hand. Cadet Corbett? That's right. Uh, My name's Polk. Leo Polk, mostly called Lucky, which I usually am. What can I do for you, Mr. Polk? Well, I wanted to see Captain Strong. Captain Strong blasted off for Delport three days ago. For Delport? Ouch. Well, what's the matter? Well, Lucky Leo's not so lucky. I sure wanted to see Captain Strong. Well, sorry, but you see, Delport's a newly discovered planet with its own atmosphere, a tropical belt that's a regular paradise in space. And mineral wealth, too, I hear. So you know about Delport. Yep, I heard about it just the other day at Venusport. And about uh, some kind of colonization race. What is that, anyway? Well, Mr. Polk... Uh, Leo, huh? Okay, Leo. Since it's such a rich planet, the Interplanetary Council is opening it up to colonists. A group of rocket ships blast off tomorrow at dawn. Ship owners and crew members get the right to claim sections of land in order of their arrival. Now you're talking. Corbett, that's what I'm here for. I want to go along. I'm afraid that won't be possible. Why not? Look, Corbett, I hold an unrestricted pilot's license. Not only for solar system travel, but outer space as well. Well, that's not the point. The race starts in just a few hours, so the crews are all, well, they're all made up. Mm, no passengers? I might be able to raise some money. Uh-uh. And... Say, Tom. I've got that list of it. Oh, sorry, I didn't know you had a visit. No, that's all right, Astro. Meet Leo Polk. He, he's a licensed space pilot. How are you? Wanted to sign on for the Delport land rush. Have you explained about... Yeah, Corbett saw me. There's been a lot of interest in this thing, Mr. Polk. Well, look at this list of spacemen who put their names down as substitutes. Just in case some regular crewman gets sick or something. Well, you got any pilots on that list? Well, let's see. Wiper, power engineer, space hand first class, radio repairman, astrogator, communications engineer. <laughs> well, we've got about every rating here except pilot. I wish you'd put me down. There's not a chance in a million, but if you want me to list you... Thanks, Corbett, I do. If you need me, I'll be at the Corina Hotel. Right. Well, I won't take up any more of your time. Thanks a lot, gentlemen. What an optimist. The biggest land rush of the century, and he expects to get in on it at the last minute. Yeah. Nice guy, though. Hey, wait. Don't take off your jacket. It's time for evening inspection. Oh, let's do it after chow. I've been on the jump all afternoon, and I'm starved. We can't take any chances, Astro. If those five ships don't blast off on schedule tomorrow morning, we'll be a couple of (laughs) ex-cadets. 
Spaceport sure is quiet tonight, Astro. And look at the sky. Wish we were at Delport now with Roger and Captain Strong. We'll be there soon enough. Somebody had to stay behind to make sure that none of the five ships jumped the gun. You know, took unfair advantage. Oh, nobody's going to try any funny stuff after all. Astro, watch your step there. Blast it. Now, what dope left a duffel bag out on the field? That's no duffel bag. I'll be a Martian mouse. It's a man. Throw your light on him. Tom, look. His head. Yes, he's hurt. Here, I'll turn him around a little. Great galaxy, Astro. Don't you recognize him? It's the pilot of the thespian. And is that going to be trouble? Well, why? What do you mean? The thespian. That's Chatfield's ship. You know, Chatfield the actor. If he can't blast off for Delport with the others, he'll have our hide. He's going to blast off, Astro. It's our job to make sure of that. But first, let's get this poor guy to the hospital. Hey, Tom, you're certainly in a hurry to get out of this hospital. We've got work to do. Yeah, but Doc says the pilot may regain consciousness soon, and he may be able to tell us who slugged him. Well, Chatfield's there. He'll join us at the Serena Hotel as soon as there's anything new. Serena, why are we going there? Chatfield needs a pilot. And remember our friend Leo? Polk, you mean? Who was in the office this afternoon? Right. If we work fast, we can screen him and have Chatfield all set by blast-off time. Desk's over this way, Tom. Right. Let's go check. Oh, blast. What now? Hello, Mr. Sutton. Astro, why don't you get Polk's room number while I see what Sutton wants? Is that the Sutton who owns one of the expedition ships? Yeah, the New World is his. And that's his captain with him, name of Dunning. Go on, Astro, get the room number. Okay, but you better get rid of them fast, Tom. Corbett, you're just the man I want to see. What can I do for you, Mr. Sutton? We've heard rumors that Chatfield's ship won't be blasting off tomorrow. Oh? Now tell me, Dunning, where did you hear that? Well, it's all over the place, Corbett. The way we hear it, the thespian's pilot's in the hospital. So naturally, without a pilot, they're out of luck. Oh, there you are. Mr. Chatfield. Listen, Corbett, my pilot swears that the villain who attacked him... Wore the insignia of a new world crewman on his sleeve. You must be blast-happy, Chatfield. Plain crazy. Now, look here, gentlemen. You two are the crazy ones. Crazy to get to Del Port first. Crazy to claim the mineral deposits by the lake. Crazy enough to kill. Of course we hope to grab off the mineral deposits, don't you? Well, they're the biggest prize on the planet, Don't but try if... to lie out of it. Corbett, my man saw the new world insignia on the man who attacked him. It's a frame-up. So I demand that you place Sutton and Dunning under arrest right now. Well, you are crazy. Why, you broken-down ham act Broken-down, Dunning, eh? Well, I'll show you. Why, no fighting breaking up both of you. If it's a strap you want, Chatfield, we'll be glad to oblige you. the atom boss. Dunning, put away that blast gun. Anything he can start, I can finish. I said put that blast Let's away. Let's go Corbett. Tom, look out. He's trying to fire. Tom. Tom. You've killed him, Dunning. You've killed him. On the eve of the land rush expedition to the newly discovered planet of Delport, two of the competing rocket ship owners, Chatfield and Sutton, get into a fight. And Dunning, Sutton's captain, mixes in with a blast gun. Tom Corbett tries to disarm him. But as they struggle for the gun, it goes off. And Tom falls apparently lifeless to the floor. Now, a few minutes later. By the craters of Luna, Tom. I thought you were a goner that time. (sighs) I just got caught in the fringe of the blast. Help me up. Steady now. Chatfield okay? Yes. You grabbed Dunning's arm just in time. Well, then all's well. Not quite. They're holding Dunning outside, Tom, so you can prefer charges. Tell them to let him go. Huh? Astro, nothing must interfere with blast-off. All five ships go on schedule. If you ask me, the new world ought to be grounded. Maybe so, but that business of the insignia on the attacker's arm, well, it just looked a little pat, as though it might have been a frame-up. Oh, there you are. Hello, Polk. 
Hi, what happened to you two anyway? I waited in my room after Astro called, but you didn't show. I'm glad you came down. Still want that pilot's job? Still want? Hey, you kidding? Not a bit of it. Don't ask any questions. There's no time. We've got to screen you right away. You're wasting time, Corbin. Well, why? I'm Lucky Leo, remember? You can screen me, find out I've got two heads or even no head at all. I'm still blasting off in the morning. There's the teleceiver. Sounds like a local call. I'll get it. Solar Guard Headquarters, Expedition Section. Hello, Corbett. Anything new on my pilot? I'm getting worried. We only have a few hours left. We've just finished. Poke's okay, Mr. Chatfield. Then I've got a pilot. That's right. Well, in the words of the Bard, sweet are the uses of adversity. A thousand thanks to you, Corbett. We're as glad to straighten this out as you are. Just be ready for blast off at dawn. I shall take all swift advantage of the hours. Until then, sir... Farewell. <laughs> what a character. He took this better than I thought. Tom, listen. If the thespian pilot was beaten up to keep Chatfield's ship out of the race, yes. then whoever did it might try again. Right. I've already asked for extra guards on the firing tables. Oh, good. Tom, let's get in a little sack time. Not tonight, Astro. Get your parallel ray. Right now, we're going out to join those guards. <laughs> Hold up a minute, Tom. Somebody's moving around over there near Sutton's rocket. Come on, Astro. Let's investigate. You there! Come out of those shadows! Certainly, gentlemen. Good evening. Oh, it's you, Mr. Chatfield. What are you doing out here on the spaceport at this hour, sir? Killing time, waiting for dawn. And the long wait it is, too. Oh, weary nights, oh, long and tedious nights, abate thy hours. Shine comforts from the east. From Midsummer Night's Dream, you recognize the lines. Uh, I'm afraid not, sir. But we'll have to ask you to leave the firing table area until two hours before blastoff. Rules, rules, rules. What slaves we are to regulation. Uh, Mr. Chatfield, there's been one unfortunate incident already tonight, and we... Tom, the alarm bell. It's a fire. Look over there at the north end of the field. A veritable inferno. Quick, Astro, alert all crews. There's enough rocket fuel stored in that hangar to blast us all to space dust. <laughs> Out of the way, everybody. Here comes the emergency squad unit. Stand back. What happened, Paul? Keep back, Captain Dunning. This rocket fuel may go up any second. Tom, help me clear a lane. Okay, Astro. Everybody out this end of the field. We're out now on the double. Please. That's far enough, driver. Leave the main unit there. Get those foam guns trained on that hangar door. I want to detail the three men to follow me around on this side. You three in asbestos suits. Follow Cadet Corbett. Take portable guns. Come on, over this way. That's it. Now get up close to those windows and open up with the foam. If those flames ever reach the rocket juice, the whole field will go. Okay, that's far enough. Open up. The flames are smothering on this side, Tom. Good. Bring your men around my way, Astro. Come on, you heard him. Let's go. That's it, men. Train all your guns on that wall. Look at that foam chilling the blaze. It's under control now, Astro. Another few minutes and the fire will be out. We're certainly lucky it didn't start in the back of the hangar, close to the reserve fuel. We wouldn't be here if it had. What I want to know is how that fire started. It couldn't be spontaneous combustion with all that automatic safety devices around. I've been thinking the same thing. The only possible way a fire could break out here would be for somebody to deliberately set it. 
And then he'd have to disconnect the extinguishers. Tom, that doesn't make sense. To sabotage the expedition, you'd set a fire on the other side of the field, where the ships are. I know it doesn't make sense, but I'm sure this fire was no accident, just the same. All secure, Mr. Sutton. Oh, very good, Dunning. Now, stand by for the blast-off signal. Aye, sir. We're in fine shape, except for those two space cadets aboard. Oh, well, they won't get in our way. I don't like it, sir. Why do they have to be on the new world? Well, the names of all five ships were put in a space helmet. Ours was the one drawn out. It's as simple as that. Well, I'll tell you one thing, Mr. Sutton. If cadets Astro and Corbett delay us in any way at all, you've got a kick coming to the Interplanetary Council. Don't worry. In two minutes, we blast off. Those other ships will stay behind us all the way. Firing control set, Mr. Chatfield. Now we are in the hands of fate. With Lucky Leo aboard, you've got no worries. I hope so. I have my heart set on that lakeside mineral claim. It's yours. Five seconds. Four, three, two, one, zero. It's been a nice, quiet voyage so far, Tom. Now, believe it. When we make contact with Captain Strong at Delport, Astro... By the rings of Saturn, I'll be glad to see the Polaris again. I don't like these civilian tubs. Oh, I don't know. This seems to be a sound enough ship. I wouldn't want to be aboard the Draco, though. That's a real beat-up crate. I wonder how we're doing in the race. Now, here comes Captain Dunning. He can tell us. Well, boys, how's everything? Fine, Captain. Any reports yet from the other ships? We've had the thespian on our radar screen for the past six hours. We can't be very far from her. I don't know about the other four, but it's the thespian I want to keep an eye on. She's our only real competition. Great galaxy. What was that? An explosion. Sounded like the port side. Well, what could have... There's the alarm. We're losing oxygen. Let me get to that intercom. Hello, hello. Damage control. Dunning, Sutton. There's been an explosion in the port supply locker. There's a hole in the hull as big as a space site. Close the compartment door. Seal it off. I can't. They're jammed. Something's wrong with the wiring. We're losing our oxygen supply fast. Here's the locker, Astro. Jumping Jupiter, look at the size of that hole. Now, if there's only some emergency rubber slabs stored here. There are, Tom. Right here. Well, quick, give me a hand. We'll slap one over that hole. Right. Grab hold. Uh, the inside air pressure ought to hold the patch in place. Temporarily, anyway. There. That plugs the leak. Astro, the explosive that caused this was planted here, and I think I know when. Huh. What are you getting at? That senseless fire on the spaceport last night. Don't you see? It ties in with this. It was set to create a diversion, so... Somebody can rig up this explosive. Hey, I'm beginning to feel strange. Yes, yeah, so am I. I wonder how much oxygen we have left. Oh, Astro, what have you done here? Put an emergency patch on the leak, Captain. We better get some men out on the hull with welding torches. No good. We've lost too much oxygen already. We're 50% below absolute minimum. 50%? No wonder it's getting hard to breathe. Might as well face the truth. We're riding a death ship. Not one of us will reach Delport alive. <laughs> 
as the rocket ship New World streaks through outer space bound for the distant, newly discovered planet of Delport, an explosion suddenly tears a hole in her hull, through which the ship's precious supply of oxygen pours out. Tom and Astro succeed in hastily patching up the hole, but the air supply is dangerously low, too low to sustain an Earthling's life. Tom, can't hold out much longer. Hardly breathe. Pull yourself together, Astro. Help me. What are you doing, anyway? Help me. Remove oxygen tanks from these spacesuits. Tanks ought to help us and crew keep alive a little while longer. Okay, Tom. Hey, what are you two doing with those spacesuits? Let me explain. Get away from them. But listen, we need them ourselves. Put those tanks in the jet boat. Give me and Dunning enough oxygen to reach Delport. Abandon your crew? You can't. Certainly can't. We'll, too. Stand clear. I have all the crummy... The audio. Don't try anything, Corbett. I warn you. Just want to answer that call. Spaceship Thespian calling New World. Spaceship Thespian calling New World. Chatfield. New World here. We read you, Thespian. Corbett, we heard your operator's distress signal. We're making a sweep to stand by and lend assistance. Sutton, did you hear that? I don't believe it. Why should Chatfield ruin his own chances to help us? What's your position? We've nearly completed our maneuver. We should be ready to set up a supply feed in three minutes. Can your crew hold out that long? We'll hold. Just stand by it. We'll pump part of our oxygen into your ship. Enough oxygen to reach Delport anyway. Chatfield, you realize what you're doing? This is sure to cost you the race. Never mind that. There is a spaceman's code, you know. Stand by for coupling. By Jupiter, that actor is a real spaceman, which is more than can be said of present company. Flight your jets. And if you know what's good for you... Keep them plucked. We just lost our heads, that's all. All right. But now you can open those tanks on the spacesuits. So your crew will be alive when Chatfield gets here. Okay. Get busy, Dunning. By all the galaxies, Tom. We're going to make it to Delport. That's right, Astro. We may come in last, but we'll come in alive. Miss the next action-packed adventure with Tom Corbett and the Space Cadet when the race is on for mineral wealth on the fabulous planet of Delport in the second part of The Vultures of Space. Tune in, same time, same station, for the next thrilling interplanetary adventure with Tom Corbett, Space Cadet. Brought to you by Kellogg's Pep, the build-up wheat cereal. Tom Corbett, Space Cadet, starring Frankie Thomas, can also be seen on television and appears in the comic sections of many of America's leading newspapers. Look for it daily and in weekend editions. Featured in today's cast were Al Markham, David Kerman, and Maurice Tarplin. Today's program was written by Gilbert Braun, directed by Drex Hines. Jackson Beck speaking. 